Well, let's talk mental health. No, I'm serious. This is a big topic, and I think we need to talk about it. But that's what I do. I go where we really don't normally hear other folks going. I mean, how many times have we read an article or um, seen some kind of a white paper on how mental health has increased, the issues of mental health have increased in the workplace since the pandemic? Yeah, it's, it's one thing to read a couple white papers or, or list, look at a, an article every so often about it, but it's far more meaningful when you can bring in an expert and an, an expert that has actually lived through much of this. My name is Pandy Pridemore. You're listening to The Human Resource, and our guest today is Scott Warwick. Now, if you've been watching the show over the last couple of years, you know Scott's one of my favorite participants on the show. And you know that his, his, his background and his credentials are unquestionable. He's an attorney, but he's also an HR consultant and, and an expert. And, and Scott, how do I... Come on in. Come on in, Scott. Oh, hey. How are you? How else do we describe where or how or why you've gone into this expertise of mental health? Well, you know, it's sort of like everything that bad happens to you, uh, you, you really do. It, it goes back to Viktor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning, and it can get you through some of the most horrible situations. And just for Viktor Frankl, it got him through living two years in German concentration camp of Dachau. So the idea is, hey, if something bad happens to you, how can you make it a good thing? How can you, you know, uh, live with it? And so um, I got started on this whole mental health issue when um, my oldest son was born. And it took us five or six years to get him diagnosed. But he was finally diagnosed with something called Asperger's autism. And so now that was back in like 2001. And nobody knew anything about this. And so it was brand new and the world of neuroscience was pretty much brand new. And we took him to the best doctors we could find. These psychiatrists that charge $400 an hour who didn't know anything. And they kept telling us, and they didn't take insurance by the way. And they kept telling us, look, this is just the way he's wired. This is the way he's going to be. You probably need to prepare yourself that he might need a special school. He might not be main, um, and uh, he might not go to college. It just, you know, kind of depends. So, uh, so my wife and I couldn't settle for that. So I got on the internet, which, by the way, was pretty much brand new back then. <laughs> yes. uh, you didn't use words like Google, okay? You went to Yahoo, okay, and things like this. So I started researching it, and I discovered very quickly that metal, medical practitioners throughout history, going all the way back to Louis Pasteur, are always... 20, 30, 40 years behind the scientists. Okay, so I discovered this whole world of neurology and nuclear spec scans, where you can actually scan the brain and go in and watch it function live, which is different from a CT or an MRI. A CT or an MRI will go into your brain and look for things that are wrong structurally. And so if you, it, it's an x-ray, really. 
if you do an x-ray on a dead person with a broken arm, it'll show up the same on a dead person as if they were alive. Uh, spec scans are different. They're nuclear. And what they do is they watch you think and take pictures of the blood flowing in and out of your brain and the activity level. So in 2006, Michael and I, in January, flew to rest in Virginia, got his scans, and his brain was a tremendous mess. It was hot spots. We had blood flow issues. But they started talking to us about rewiring the brain and all this stuff, like how much water you drink, the therapy that you undergo, um, that uh, your diet, the people you hang around. So we put a whole program together for Michael and followed it for the next two years. And so we went for follow-up scans in 2008. And his brain was about 10, 15% better. It had improved. It had rewired. It had calmed down. So we were on the right track. And my wife said, as long as you're here, hey, you need to get a scan. She was talking about you. All about me. Yeah. She said, you're nuts. Uh, You need a scan. And the problem, if you're nuts, you don't know it. And so I said, no, I don't. So I got a scan. And I've been reading these scans for a couple of years by then. I saw right away. Uh, with my intake and everything, it's not just a scan, but there's like six hours of intake. It's the most complete intake I've ever seen in my life. And the scans, it showed that I had blazing post-traumatic stress disorder. And, and I had a lot of hot red spots, which in which I'd burn my brain basically in my left temporal lobe. And if you burn your left temporal lobe, that has anger towards yourself, which easily leads to suicide. Uh, Right side of the brain is anger towards other people in which then you probably start killing people, okay, or something like this, which you're seeing in our world today. And so I started my own program. And I learned, I put together a whole list of a bunch of different things, how much water you drink, the people you hang around, exercise, pets, meditation, massage, all these things. But I discovered overwhelmingly The number one threat, and this is from the American Psychological Association, this is from John Hopkins, this is from Stanford, Um, the number one threat to your health, not just your mental health, but to your health, are the bullies that you live around every day and work with. And so, number one rule, get all the jackasses that I can out of my life. (laughs) Number one. And and so, I got a follow-up scan in 20. 20 in August with me and my son. We both got our scans. My brain is about 85, 90% cured. Oh my gosh. Clear. Calm down. There are no hot spots on my temporal lobes anymore. Um, my obsessive compulsive disorder, my OCD is completely gone. And I've just got a little bit of depression, which is probably true for most people. And uh, some little bit of anxiety, which is rather normal. My son's brain uh, with the real story, uh, it's about 85, 80% better. Uh, and that explains all the things that he did, not just to rewire his brain, but to prevent damage to it. Um, he graduated from Ohio State with honors and just graduated May of 2021 with his master's degree in clinical psychology with a 3.91 grade point average. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So... And so, you know, it, it, it is amazing to me what I'm talking about right now with cognitive behavioral therapy and controlling the distress in your life, okay? And let me just point out here, if your car won't start, 
that will give you distress. If you have too much work, that will give you distress. If you lose your keys, that will give you distress. But your keys won't kill you. And your body knows that. Your brain knows that. Distress from bullying. And when I say distress, I want people to think of massive amounts of cortisol and adrenaline flooding their body. And just so you'll know, the first organ that you damage is your brain. Because it feels like soft room temperature butter. It's very soft. And it only makes up 2 to 3% of your body weight. And 20 to 25% of all that cortisol and adrenaline, everything that's in your blood, everything that you eat, is going to go right to your brain. That is a disproportionate amount. And so, long story short, if you live with bullets, if you work with bullets, and the American Psychological Association has said in 2020, we're at crisis mode. We, are, we have a lot more people on psychotropic medications than not on them, and their conditions are just getting worse. And the number one threat to your health are the bullies in your life. So that's my big bandwagon is my first book was on, you know, the solve employee problems before they start is about emotional intelligence and resolving conflict. The second book, which has two titles, just depending on who wants to hate me. uh, The first title was Tolerance and Diversity for White Guys and Other Human Beings. Uh, I thought it was funny, and it was purposely designed to include all human beings, including white guys. Well, I got some death threats over that one from the far, far, far left, which I love that people think that the far, far woke side of the world aren't dangerous. Well, I tell you, I don't know. I've got death threats from these folks, as well as death threats from the far, far, far right, because they say I'm not white anymore. Um, The other title is Living the Five Skills of Tolerance. Well, this is the book that I got coming out about Thanksgiving is on healing the human brain. And it's a succession because if you work in a toxic work environment where it's not safe to speak up, it's not safe to be different. And that's tolerant. You will damage your brain. And let me just emphasize this. If you're having intestinal problems, if you're having heart problems, if you're having chest pain, your brain is already damaged. It's the first organ to go because it uses so much of your uses 25% of all your energy so uh, what I see in today's workplaces is just horrendous and I do a lot of this type of stuff because I do a lot of executive coaching a lot of it and I will tell you right now usually the biggest child in the place is running the place yeah, and there's I, usually a mental disorder that goes with that. And you and I have talked about this in the past. Every single person, every, all of us, all of us, I don't care what your background is, I don't care what your economic condition is, every one of us has been bullied at some point in our life. Yeah. At some point. Yeah. And, and it's sad to say that if you're being bullied in your personal life, there's a really good chance that you're being bullied in your professional life as well. Because you don't have the coping skills or you don't have the emotional intelligence to deal with that individual or that consequence or circumstance that's causing you the stress. Um, so this is this is a very important topic for HR people. Oh, absolutely. Particularly, I'll tell you, my hat's off and people complain. Those young whippersnappers, you know, the Gen Yers and Gen Zers who are about under the age of 30, they will not work for you. They will quit on the spot if you have 
an environment that isn't safe, which means it isn't safe to speak up. It isn't safe to voice your opinion. And it's not safe to be different. And I'll tell you right now, I got clients where people are literally throwing soap shakers at each other and oh. smacking each other what? because they don't have the emotional intelligence, the control to sit down and disagree with someone on Roe versus Wade. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's. We have a problem here. We have a very big problem. So let's let's give the listeners just a few. Um, I don't want to say uh, symptoms, but let's give them a couple of things to trigger identifying or going further to find out if they have a problem in their workforce. And and I'll go first so that you can get an idea here. But I tell my clients if you've got somebody who's showing up late for work or who is now all of a sudden having an attendance issue and seems a bit reclusive, that's, that's, active, that's a behavior that warrants a conversation. Yeah, yeah. And, and I will tell you, there, again, there's so much distress. So when I say distress, I don't want to think of, I want to think of things chemically. That is a flooding of the body of adrenaline and cortisol. That's what that is. So if you've got somebody at home that is maybe a battered spouse or, you know, something, that's going to put stress on them. And actually the great management guru was decades ahead of his time, Peter Drucker from Harvard. Yes. He said, banish fear. Because when you have fear in the workplace, your brain shuts down. And let me just sort of explain this real quick. If, if, in class, I'll ask people, hey, how many people could drive me downtown, not get in an accident, not get a ticket, not get a kill? They all raise their hands and say, yeah, we can do that. Okay, great. I then say, okay, what if I'm yelling at you or condescending to you the whole way? And they all look at each other and somebody inevitably says, well, I'd throw you out of the car. And I said, yeah, that's exactly. Because what's happening is I'm picking on you, so your gut is clenching up. That is... Your, those are your adrenal glands, which sit, which sit right on top of your kidneys. And you're flooding your body with adrenaline and cortisol. So 25% of that about is going to your brain. You are flooding your emotional system and fight or flight system that sits in the middle of your brain. Attached, literally attached to your fight or flight system, which is your amygdala system, is your short-term memory, your hippocampus. You're flooding those little buttery neurons with massive amounts of cortisol and adrenaline. You're burning them out. So let's now, take that and put it into yeah. the workplace. If we've yeah. got an employee that comes to a, a meeting and is just literally shutting down or they can't mm-hmm. seem to maintain a, a consistent thought, they can't. They've, their eye contact is completely broken, Um they, they're stuttering or stammering in their discussion. There, there is another indicators of whether that individual feels comfortable and safe in that conversation, in that engagement, in that maybe even in the department. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you're absolutely right. It's, and that's the litmus test right there. What is your culture like? And... And it, think of think of what you just said. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to talk to an employee. If that employee is afraid to disagree with you or say anything to you, you've got a toxic work environment. Yeah. No one has built trust. 
Yeah. And so, you know, think of it this way. It's like with employee surveys. I'm a big fan of employee surveys to gather data. That's all great. Okay. But at the same time, um, if you're, if you, you know, if you do the survey, most people do it anonymously. And I always ask, well, why did you do it anonymously? Why didn't you just tell people that their names would be revealed? And I always hear the same thing. It's like, oh, well, we want them to be honest. And I'm like, that's your problem. That's your problem. Because you can't go up and talk to people because you have not built trust. And trust is emotional intelligence, keeping yourself under control, and using what I call those EPR skills, empathic listening, which means you start with listening from their side. You paired it back. That's the P. And if you ever disagree with someone, you've got to build trust. And that means you reward that person for disagreeing with you. You would say something like, I, I see where you're coming from, and you have a right to your opinion. You have a right to believe that. I would never tell you what to think. But here's what I think. And so you see, you give them permission to disagree with you. That's called EPR. Most people resolve conflict like a bull in a china shop. And you turn around to somebody and say, well, I disagree with that. That's wrong. Where'd you get that idea? Okay, that makes your gut clench up. And inevitably, what you just did is you just told them that you think they're stupid. You didn't mean to do that, but that's what you did. So, yeah, Pandy, that's it right there. If you have somebody who can't sit down and talk with an employee, say, hey, tell me what's going on, and they will not trust you, that means you have not spent the last four, five, six, eight months building trust with them, which means disagreeing with them on the issues and giving them permission to disagree, making it safe. So the question is, viewers and listeners, how many of you have created that safe environment? How many of you are actually listening and giving them the space and the freedom to say what they need to say so that they can get back to producing and, and, and working and enjoying what they do for you? My name is Pandy Pride Morin. Scott, Warwick, what do I say? I, I can't have you on here enough. Hey, thanks. I enjoy it. And thank you for watching The Human Resource. Please come back.